Have you ever done something that you know you shouldn't have, but you think it's not going to bother anybody, and you think you get away with it, you're free and in the clear and no harm, no foul? You know, you've ever had one of those things? Some of you are smiling. Okay. Um, when I led Declan and his class through the, the sanctuary and the church back in April, took him up to the bell tower, let him ring the bell, then we walked by the organ and they said, oh, can we play the organ? And I said, I don't think so. And they said, oh, we'd really like to play the organ. Can we play the organ? And I thought, okay, let's see. They have some good organ players in that class. Um, Andrew, I, I, you know, I should have gotten permission. My sins have caught up with me. Um, who know that Declan would mention that in his witness? Yeah. It wasn't in the text he gave me. Okay. So this, uh, this is not on forgiveness. This is on to open doors of sanctuary. The third in our series of our, on our vision statement, we are a community of servants called by God's grace to open doors of sanctuary. You know, sanctuary. A safe place, a place where we're not threatened, a place where without fear. I mean, Declan said that in his witness. King Avenue is a safe place. It's a sanctuary. What kind of people look for sanctuaries? Well, it's often people without People without shelter look for sanctuary. People without a homeland. Uh, people who feel unsafe. People who feel threatened. You know, um, people who are, who are anxious. When Paul talks in Ephesians about this sense of sanctuary provided by Christ, he talks about without. People are without Christ, without God, without hope without love. Yeah. Who looks for sanctuary? Well, refugees do. Immigrants look for sanctuary. People suffering domestic violence look for sanctuary. People who are lost and confused, uh, depressed and anxious, look for sanctuary. It's not uncommon for me to come back from visiting in the hospital, say, and I'll walk into the office, and, and Amy will say, uh, be quiet when you walk through the sanctuary. Uh, somebody's in there praying. People come over here from the hospital, a staff member or a person whose loved one is, is in, in poor health will come over here um, for a place of peace, to get centered and feel whole and feel with, with God. Um, college students come over and ask to sit in the sanctuary because they're feeling horrible about their future. They might have uh, not gotten the job they wanted. They might have done very poorly on a test. And they just want a sense of sanctuary here. Sanctuary, um, when you think about sanctuaries, sanctuaries have boundaries and they have walls. Uh, and, and they have borders. 
you know, a, a, a bird sanctuary or a wildlife sanctuary that doesn't have boundaries isn't much of a sanctuary. It's wide open for developers and it can easily be overrun. Yeah. Um, a homeless shelter that doesn't have walls and a roof is not much of a sanctuary, is it? Yeah. Sanctuaries need access. That can be a door or a window, a gate. There needs to be some way to get into the sanctuary. And, and uh, you know, without a, without a gate or a door or, uh, or a window, uh, it, it's not a sanctuary, it's just a barrier that keeps people out. Often when people are looking to, for access to the sanctuary, they'll look for a sign that says, enter here, this way to the door, this way to enter. Churches have signs proclaiming access to the sanctuary that the church offers. Um, you know, we have a sign on this tower. All are welcome. Pra practicing inclusivity as God intends. We have a song with which we open every worship service. Open hearts, open minds, open doors. It's about sanctuary. Kierkegaard tells a story about signs of a man who was walking down the street and he saw a sign in a window that said, pants pressed here. And he looked at his pants and they were wrinkled and crumpled. And he said, oh, my pants need pressing. I'll go in and get them pressed. So he went in and he said, I'd like to have my pants pressed. And the owner of the store said, oh, we, we don't press pants here. We just sell the sign. Yeah. About five or six weeks ago, we went through a spell where we had quite a few visitors. And, and they'd email us and they'd, they'd put up stuff on Facebook and on the church website about how wonderful this church was. You know, one person said, if you are looking for a church, look no further. This is the church you've been looking for. It's welcoming, it's friendly, it's a safe place. Stay here. Great. You know, you can't pay for that kind of publicity. So one Sunday at the end of that, the Sunday at the end of that week, after I preached, and after this, Andrew was playing the postlude, and uh, this person came down with her daughter in tow, and I saw her coming very intentionally looking at me, and I thought, ah, here's another one who's going to tell me what a great sermon this was and what a wonderful preacher I am and how the music is pretty good, you know. And, <laughs> you know, and I thought, this is it. This is it. And, and she got close to me, and, and, and she said, you know, well, I, this, is, this is our first Sunday, and we've been looking for a church, and... Uh, the sermon was good, you bet. And then, you know, and the, the music was excellent. And then she said, you know, um, 
when we came in, no one said hello to us. No one greeted us. We sat in the pew. Nobody acknowledged our existence. And I thought, well, there, there might be reasons for that, but it wasn't the time to point those out. And she said, you know, we went on your website and we saw the sign on your tower and we thought, this is the church. And we read things on your website and we said, this is the church we want to come to. And she said, I just got to tell you, you as the minister ought to know this. You just didn't live up to your signs today. <laughs> you hate to hear that. You hate to hear that. I know many can tell different stories, but this was the story I heard several weeks ago. Open doors of sanctuary. What are the signs that say we're accessible? Well, we have to open the door of our heart first to offer sanctuary. It's not enough to just put up a sign. Some people have signs like this. Don't get near me. I'm not accessible. Sometimes signs are inexpensive and simple, really, to smile, to invite somebody, to say, hi, my name is. Other signs of accessibility might be more costly. Sometimes we do have to get out of our comfort zone and go to a stranger. Other signs might be monetarily costly. We sign many of our services to be accessible to persons with disabilities. We went through a major renovation putting in ramps for accessibility when we were looking at being more extensive in housing the homeless, you know, we realized that we couldn't afford to put in the fire suppression units required by the fire department. You know, sometimes opening doors of sanctuary are costly, emotionally and monetarily. I just say that that our giving is important to open doors of sanctuary. When Paul talks about opening doors of sanctuary in Ephesians, he says the access point is the cross. The access point is the cross of Christ that lets people in, and that's a cost. He talks about a wall that separates people, those on the outside and those on the inside of sanctuary. And he talks about how at one time those in the church were outside, and they were called slur, slurs, you know, uncircumcised. Here's how I, I look at it. There's this barrier that won't let people in. 
for the safety and the peace. And Christ is this permeable wall that keeps expanding and expanding and expanding. If you think of it going all the way to the back of this room, that those who are at one time on the other side of the wall are now on the opposite side because Christ's love, Christ's peace has expanded to move the wall so that more and more are included. On a frosty morning, have you ever gotten in your car and there's this sheet of ice on your windshield and you don't feel like scraping the ice off? So you get inside the car and turn on the defroster. And you're driving (laughs) because there's just this narrow strip, you know? And you're just driving. And as the heat, as the windshield gets hotter and the car gets hotter, that line gets higher and higher. And you find that you can see better as that line gets more and more, and the window gets clearer. I think that's what that line of Christ is like. The line is so low that almost nobody, nobody can, is included. But then this line of Christ's love, the warmth of Christ's love spreads, and more and more can see, and finally, by the time I get on 315, <laughs> I can see. I can see everything. And I think that's what Christ's line is like as it goes out, this permeable line, as it includes more people. And you can see more people. You're not going through life like this anymore. All you could see was the glow, glow, glow of my dome, couldn't you? Okay. When Jesus calls the disciples and says, come and follow me, they're casting their nets and they're mending their nets. And I think he's saying to them, follow me as this line expands and more people come in. Those without hope, those without love, those without God. Mary Magdalene, and Zacchaeus, you know, and people who are demon-possessed and hungry and lost. And he says, yeah, cast your nets and bring them to the other side of the line. And when you get them to the other side of the line, use that experience you got mending, mend their lives, put their lives together and give them wholeness and peace. It's not uncommon for uh, us to get an email or a phone call during the week. Somebody will will say, um, I've read your website. I want to know, is it safe to come to church at King Avenue? Will I be safe? You know, and I think that's a dumb question to ask of any church, 
Will I be safe in your church? These emails are invariably from LGBTQ persons whose family have rejected them, whose churches have rejected them, whose ministers might have made them an example in a sermon. I love saying, yes, you will be safe here. But as we think of opening doors of sanctuary, let's realize at some point that door was opened to us and we found sanctuary. And now we think of to whom can we open doors of sanctuary? It could be the person sitting next to us. It could be the person sitting behind us. It could be the person that we eat with downstairs uh, for the all-church lunch. It could be somebody we see uh, this afternoon. We open doors of sanctuary. I'm not sure there's anything more important for us to do because there are people who feel they're on the other side without hope and without love and without community. We are a community of servants called by God's reconciling grace to open doors of sanctuary. May it be so. Amen.